Guys, hello and welcome back. I'm Jojo Fraser. It's time for a Mojo Injection, episode 140. Nice to have you here. Welcome into my little Mojo Den where we keep it real, we share, we break the stigma. And this week I feel, yeah, I totally felt I had to do this. Um, I'll, I had another one scheduled for this week. But I thought, no, we'll do that one next week. Because a couple of weeks ago, I was talking on my Insta stories at Jojo Fraser Mojo. I think they filter through to my Facebook as well, and um, at Jojo Fraser Mojo too. And uh, I was talking about um, coming off medication and how um, there should be no stigma. And we should be able to talk about mental health medication, whether that be antidepressants, antipsychotics, mood stabilizers, sleeping tabs, whatever sedatives, um, just like we would a paracetamol, you know. Um, and I know when I first got put in it after my kind of emergency um, thing in February 220, I was like, I'd never been on anything. And it was a real learning experience for me. And it was part of me that was like, antipsychotic. Like, I'm not a psycho. Like, I've always been called a bit crazy, but in a good way. But I'm not a psycho. I'm not going to go stabbing someone or something. Um, and it is awful because psychosis is a thing and it doesn't make you a psycho. People that experience psychosis can be incredibly loving and kind and amazing people. I met a lot of them in hospital. They were great people. They were lovely. It's not all what you see in the movies. It's not all that kind of dark. Yes, there's a dark side when you have a mental health scare, right? There's a dark, dark side to it because your mind is broken, which means your emotional um, energy and your vibrations all over the place. And it's a scary ride. And sometimes medication is essential. But yeah, I had a lot of messages when I was talking openly about just feeling nauseous. Honestly, I'm starting to think I was pregs. Um, I'm like, Bonnie, right, she's going to be 10 when this baby's due. All right, okay, we'll just roll with it. Just kind of started planning out the, the sort of life and how, you know, the planet changed a bit. But I was like, fair enough. Um, and then I was like, no, I'm not. Uh, it could just be these meds. It felt kind of like hormonally druggy, kind of, you know, um, and I know that these meds are really, really strong. And so many people wrote and they were saying, oh, I'm having a nightmare. I'm so glad you've spoken about this. Oh, it's so hard. Or we, why is it so hard to talk about? So I thought, you know what? I'm going to do a whole um, podcast on my thoughts on pills on recovery and a little bit of a motivational pep talk for you at the end of this so tune in to the end and um yeah i just really hope it helps please share with anyone that's coming off meds that's struggling these are things that have helped me and if you've not been on meds and you're just trying to get your mojo back after this pandemic or you're still i mean let's face it it's still got its stresses i've been speaking to a lot of people this week who are like i'm isolating again this is torture ah life's so hard right now it's still pretty crap, isn't it? Um, so yeah, I hope that maybe these little hints and tips and things that have helped me will help you too. And that just at least one thing I say will resonate. I got some feedback about a speaking gig I did last month. And um, do you know what I always say when I stand up? Like My intention is that something I say will stick with you. And it was the, the person that had booked it and she was saying it. Um, one of the guys in her team was speaking about it. Uh, like a few weeks later and how we'd implemented some of the stuff and they were in a stressful situation and he brought up something that I'd said and I was like, oh my goodness, this makes me so, so happy because I still have an inner critic too, right? So when I put these podcasts out or I stand in front of like a live audience or I do something or I speak on radio and I'm, I'm like, 
oh, the inner critic be like, why'd you say that? Or people are going to think you're an idiot or uh, people are going to think you're too annoyingly positive or, or whatever. And that inner critic's like nasty to me. And I'm like, well, no, because I know, I know that a lot of the things I say are helping people. Um, and that's why I do this because I want to help. Um, we're not just in a blooming global pandemic. We've, we've been in a mental health pandemic forever and massive changes are happening and I want to be part of that. I want to be part of breaking that stigma down because it's absolutely, as I said in my TEDx talk, it's key, right? There's a virus going around and it's stigma and we need to freaking smash it. So that's what this podcast is for. I want it to be a bit like a warm hug and I want it to encourage you to just share. Um, Just share. Just keep it real. Um, Yeah. It's, it's, that's what this is all about. Right, so on that note, let's jump in. And um, all the love, I'll see you next week. Mwah. Just going to add a quick little thing before we jump into the recording. I speak to so many incredible people who I admire and they're just so giving and loving and so making a difference in the world right and they've struggled with their mental health and they've been advised to go on medication or whatever and it's just a reminder you know we we attach ourselves to labels like I'm the strong one and then you can think you know if people are saying to you oh you're making a difference you're doing great things you're a great leader you're you're so caring la 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 whatever um compliments you get this is all amazing but it can be very easy when you're getting that validation from others to keep pushing and not take your own advice the advice that you give to a friend or the advice you give to your colleagues or whatever and not take that advice and then just burn yourself out because you you're on that train right and you you care so much you don't want to get off it and sometimes you just need a good shake in my case it was like you don't have a freaking choice get in the hospital and then you're like, but no, but I can't because I've got this to do and I've got kids and I've got this. And you're always thinking about everyone else and the impact. And I just want to remind you, if you're listening or you know anyone you're going to share this with who struggles, just how incredible um, you are. And mental health impacts us all. But from what I see, it really does go for those um, that just care so much. And often you, you hear people, oh, I never thought that would happen to them. You know, people say that to me, I never thought that would happen to you. Well, I didn't think, you know, I didn't think that would happen to me. And then boom, bang, bosh, there it goes. So just a reminder that you are amazing. Um, and don't be hard on yourself because we ain't invincible. And these things can creep up and steal our mojo, but we can always get it back with a lot of patience and a lot of love. Right, we'll jump into the recording now. My desire is for it to be one day as normal to talk about as it is popping a paracetamol. Oh, well, I took this um, for my mind, um, or I'm still taking this, or I'm trying to get off this. Basically, what I wanna say is there's no shame in being on medication absolutely no shame and I I really really believe that um and that's why I've shared openly um I'd never been on any medication until I was put in what was called a medical not put in um I was 
dubbed um, by the medical team as having an acute mental health illness, which was mania. Uh, it came on really, really quickly, February 2020. I had to get into hospital, ASAP, and they plied me with meds. And although I really wasn't happy about it at the time, I didn't have capacity, I didn't have self-awareness, and I needed professional help. And that basically meant sleeping tablets, sedatives and really strong mood stabilizers and um, antipsychotics are also called. So it seemed like I was going through a period of psychosis. And, you know, I spoke about it in my TED talk about, you know, we we worry about these labels, psychopath, we, we think of the media, we think of cold-blooded killers and actually anyone can go through a period of psychosis. It can happen really quickly. Anyone can go into a period of deep depression. It can happen really quickly. Anyone can be caught up in um, dangerous sort of periods of anxiety where they really need help and it happens really quickly. Anyone can go through a period of hypomania or mania. It can happen quickly. There's no shame. There's absolutely no shame at all. So I just want to remind you, if you've ever had to take meds, if you're trying to come off meds, if you've struggled with your mental health, that's just the same as breaking a bone or having to get chemo or, you know, a different form of treatment for a physical um, health condition, right? So no stigma here. As you know, guys, for a few years I've been doing this. Launched it in 2018. So what are we on now? Wow, going into November 2021. Um, and I'll always be real and tell you that you are not alone. There's no stigma. And you are doing a great job, even if your mind tells you otherwise. So yeah, I, I feel because there's still stigma around medication, I wanted to share a little bit. Um, I was seeing on the stories and I had people sort of reaching out, asking for some tips. Um, my psychiatrist actually said to me that my recovery has been going really, really well. Um, and she thinks that's down to a lot of the research I've done um, over the past seven years and the kind of things that I've been implementing in my own life. So I just wanted to share things that have helped me. And don't get me wrong, there's been hairy days. There's been days I've not wanted to get out of bed, days I felt no motivation, days I've not had the confidence that I, I would have before I got the mental health illness and days where I felt numb um, and days where I've been really impatient and I've said to my psychiatrist, why are we weaning off this med so slowly? She said, well, that's the right thing to do. You're a determined, headstrong person. You're a passionate person. You want to get back to your baseline quickly, but no, the meds have to do their work and the meds are strong. And of course, there's side effects and that may be why you're trying to come off them. But my first tip would be, and it's really, really important I say this, um, if you're coming off meds, always do it with medical support. And it's normally a psychiatrist, but everyone's different. Um, some people might be with a doctor's if it was less acute, um, but normally with a mental health professional, always seek guidance, always let them know if you're going to drop um, and always tell someone, you know, you don't have to share on podcasts like I do. Uh, you just tell a couple of people in your circle um, in your closest circle, friends, family, whoever you trust and you feel that you can. You have to share if you're going to drop because there will be side effects. You may experience mood swings. You may be struggling with your sleep. You may feel anxious or in my case, I'm not pregnant. Uh, 
I was thinking, I was planning it all out. I was like, right, so Bonnie's going to be 10 when I have this baby. All right, it's not what I planned, but you know, we'll just roll with it. Um, and then I was like, oh, I'm not pregnant. <laughs> I was already planning names and stuff. Um, yeah, I think the sickness is probably down to coming off this med. So when I was on my highest dose, it was 500 milligrams of the antipsychotic quetiapine. Um, and I've got it down to 50 milligrams. Then I'll go down to 25. Um, I speak to my psychiatrist every four months and I'll go down to 25 and then I'll wean off it. Now, for me, that's my decision. Sometimes you may try and come off things and it doesn't go well and you maybe need to get the support there and advice. So just listen to your body. For me, it's gone pretty well, but we've gone really slowly. This has been almost two years of coming down. But I can assure you, when I first went on it, I was like, I want this out of my system. I feel drugged. I feel I don't like it. Um, and I probably would have come off it a lot sooner. But would that have put me in danger? Well, I can trust my psychiatrist. And um, there's still a lot they can't answer when it comes to mental health and what these pills actually do. But all I know is when I felt like I'd lost my capacity and I didn't have my kind of emotional strength and I was up and down and up and down, high, low, high, low, lack my balance, these pills did do some magic. They did something to help, as did rest, as did um, sort of putting into practice things that can really help you. And I'm going to share that with you now. So, Stopping or coming off a form of mental health medication. Um, so the key sort of things, I uh, spoke about nausea, but restlessness. Um, I get those restless legs at night sometimes, trouble sleeping, um, maybe you're sweating or your stomach problems. Um, sometimes I feel like there's an electric shock going off in my head or in my body um, and feeling irritable, anxious or confused. So you definitely need to share what's going on. Um, every pill is different, but I think the the kind of tips that I'm going to share with you are things that anyone can use. And listen, maybe you feel like it's not a medication thing, but you've just struggled with burnout or stress or whatever, and you're not sure whether to try some meds. Perhaps you're just stressed. These tips can help you too. So first of all, um, after obviously speaking to the professional and sharing and talking and remembering plenty self-compassion, there's no taboo. I would say to keep a mood journal um, every day, um, just thinking about how you are, if you had a, a really sort of tense time where you wanted to scream, if you felt like you weren't yourself, so you were up and down. Because what we want is balance, right? We want to have balance most of the time. Now, even people that have never been um, prescribed as having a a diagnosed as having a kind of mental health condition, of course we'll experience emotions of life. We all have mental health. So I think it's just like, are you balanced most of the time? Because we can all have a freak out. We can all go, ah! Um, but how's your balance most of the time? Keeping a mood, mood journal. Uh, and then what you can do is also kind of be, be sort of mindful about what you've had to eat. Um, how much alcohol you've consumed, how much you slept, like these key lifestyle things. It's all very well saying, right, I am battling some kind of mental health thing. Well, okay, that's tough. But 
there's so many things we can actually do to help give ourselves a better chance in recovery. So for me, that was protecting my sleep. And I probably slept far too much at the start because I was drugged off my face. And that was just a case of being patient and self-compassionate. For me, timing worked out quite well because it was through global pandemic. So I didn't have to get up and take the kids to school. I didn't have to get up and turn um, up to speaking gigs. My radio speaking gigs were from home. Um, so there was a bit less pressure, but I was sleeping, honestly, about 15 hours a day at the start in the recovery and letting my brain heal and letting my body heal. Sleep is something we really, really have to protect. So keep an eye on how you're sleeping and you could listen to the Insomnia podcast from last week episode with Joseph. He really struggled for years with insomnia and there's loads of great tips on that. But sleep, keeping tabs on that through your mood journal is essential. It's so important and it's okay to, you know, if you have the odd night where you're kind of getting up, fair enough, it happens to all of us. But if it's a regular pattern where you're not getting enough sleep, you need to look at getting advice and um, CBTI, Cognitive Behavioural Therapy for Insomnia, um, looking at your sleep routine, looking at your screen usage at night, looking at, you know, making the area screen free, you know, using the pillow sprays, uh, having a bath at night, not consuming negative content like the news or horror movies, feel good, reading in bed, you know, all the stuff that we're told to do. And that was a big part for me, getting into reading again. Sometimes you'll be struggling to concentrate and your mind might be off on one. So just be kind to yourself and take the stimulations down. So what overstimulates us? Okay, so the news, um, constant news feeds on social media. So taking regular um, time off of that. And the biggest thing for me in my recovery and coming down off the straw meds has been the nature fix. And that's something we've really seen in lockdown, right? A lot of people are speaking about the power of nature, the power of connection. For me, it's when I kind of feel just still and calm and having faith as well is really important to me. And sometimes having time to kind of have a little prayer um, or, you know, feeling like looking up at the sky and feeling, you know, just love and over everything I've been through and, and being able to sort of pray um, and have that kind of sort of time to, um, yeah, just ask and just have, have faith because the opposite end of the vibrational scale is like fear, right? Faith's high up there. So nurturing my faith, having time in, in nature and having time to get quiet and have time to reflect. But if you're keeping that mood journal and you are thinking about how you are, how you're sleeping, what you're putting into your body, I actually recently did a sensitivity food test and it came up with all the things I knew it would, like cheese. I love cheese. That's kind of in the red zone for me. Um, lots of dairy, uh, gluten, all the things, and apples, the things my mom actually struggles with. Um, and I know when I, I was sharing a lot on stories of kind of just my fuel. So even if I'd mentally been tired or um, hadn't had the best day, was anxious or irritable, and that can sometimes be PMS too. But if I was making something that was fueling me like 
taking time to make a soup or doing my little rhubarb compots and having them with, um, you know, something that I know is good for me. Although it did say greens as well. I need to watch gluten-free oats are apparently okay. <laughs> um, but having them with, you know, some greens and some cinnamon and, and food that you know is good for you. You know when you know, you know. So just making healthy dishes. Um, food has been a big part of my recovery. Keeping tabs on my fuel. Don't get me wrong, with cotiapine, the sugar cravings are insane. And I remember, especially in the when I was really still on quite a high dose and coming down, I remember just, oh, I would see, and it's probably locked down as well, but I would see like a biscuit and then I'd be like, that's not enough. I need to make some butter icing to put in it and then sprinkle some extra cocoa and chocolate on top. Like the sugar cravings were off the freaking scale. So I would say, do not be hard on yourself. Put all that in the mid journal so you know when you're getting your sugar cravings. And any good psychologist would say to you, right, what you need to do is when you are aware of those sugar cravings, right, replace them with um, a hot bath or a book or a cup of tea um, so that you're not going crazy um, and you're not eating the entire cake. Now, some days you maybe will and that's fine. I had days where I just went nuts. But just, you know, keeping tabs on that so that it's balanced, right? It's okay to have bad days. You're going to have bad days. You're going to have good days. But just, right, what can I do to balance this out? What can I do when these sugar cravings are going nuts? And I know that I'm going to have spikes and I need that balance. And sugar is going to spike me up, but I need to have more of a balance. So really keeping tabs and just trying to, for me, if I can make one or two good dishes a day, uh, it would just really help me and fuel me. Water intake. It's all this lifestyle stuff we already know about, but just having a reminder to, and I need to remind myself now, I've not had a glass of water because I'm just out of meeting. I've had a cup of tea. I've not had a glass of water yet. And what time is it? It's like 10 o'clock, right? So I'm going to go and have a wee glass of water. Just reminding yourself, um, can you have like, tea without caffeine in it a nice tea maybe a chocolate style tea or there's so much on the market now I'm pouring my water see i'm showing you it's easy to say these things but it's also easy to forget so no i'm not peeing i promise i'm pouring my water so have your water have your little routines you know making those rhubarb compots if you guys have watched my story you'll you'll know um the little rhubarb compot routine the little soup routine the little um cutting meat out a couple of days a week making a veggie chili or a veggie curry or a veggie casserole having you know proteins apparently fine on my allergy test so having good proteins having some healthy snacks but not beating yourself up when you're on meds that give you sh crazy sugar cravings being kind to yourself so with the mood journal being aware of your sleep your diet your exercise how much you're moving even if you really really don't want you're feeling super numb on the meds and you don't want to exercise go around the block um, buy a dog <laughs> um, that'll get you out no um, you know pets are really really good for recovery those stroking a pet yeah get your oxytocin hit in there we want more of the oxytocin we're lacking that in our life and any you know when I interviewed um, Sir Paul Gilbert who is like the daddy of self-compassion based therapy he's so well regarded in the industry and when I interviewed him you know, we spoke about oxytocin. That is the missing piece in the puzzle. Where do you get oxytocin? Nature. Um, you get it through, you know, hugging. Don't be a stingy hugger. Holding your pets, you know, getting your sunlight, uh, meditation, 
prayer. So that faith side is really, really important. Perhaps you're listening and you're an atheist, right? Well, maybe you could just start by small, quiet time reflecting, you know, close your eyes and connect in with yourself. Um, For me, I close my eyes, connect in with myself, but I also have prayer and that really, really helps me. Um, And I've felt like so many prayers have been answered. uh, And that's something that, you know, was instilled in me from a child. And I'm sort of really thankful for because it's sort of, yeah, it, it, gives me that time and you know it's a form of meditation and it's I really believe in the power of it and that helps me faith really really can help us um bring ourselves out of the darkness and sometimes our mind can go a bit nuts we have all these questions like why did this happen what happened to me and it's just sometimes letting that go and just having mantras like it is well um it is well with my soul is a really famous hymn. And I remember hearing that at a friend's funeral and just feeling that real sense of peace and, and supernatural calm and, and power and having a mantra like that. Like when I go into the cold water and that has been a huge part of my recovery from lifting me out of the anxiety and knowing that the feelings are transient, that they'll pass. I go into that cold water and it instantly raises that vibe up. Um, takes you out of that kind of fear-based thinking. But reminding yourself, this will pass. That's a great mantra to have. This will pass. Um, Looking out for signs, because it's so easy to to sort of miss that when you're in your head. So connecting with nature, looking out for things. Someone gave me a little stone doing a podcast a while back. um, And the lovely Lindsay. And um, it said, stand tall stand tall she's huge on mantras and uh stand tall and I, I, I sort of will say that to myself you know if the inner critic's being mean what can i replace that with yes yeah, stand tall i'm a good person you're a good person we deserve to be happy you deserve to be happy you deserve to have peace you deserve to take it slow you deserve to talk about your feelings you deserve to um, do the work to help yourself get better. You deserve to have a sip of water right now. Mm. Cheers to that. You deserve oxytocin. You deserve nice content. You deserve a break. You deserve a break off your screen. Time off social media. You deserve happiness and all the good things. So that was really key. So we'll just do a recap. So we're talking about medical support, support from friends and family, sharing, um, knowing the feelings are transient, knowing you'll get good days and bad days, moving your body. For me, there was sometimes I went for runs and I was just like, oh, this is brutal. It's really brutal. I don't want to do this. But once I'd finished and sometimes I'd walk, sometimes I'd run, sometimes my hubs would push me up the really steep hills, but I'd feel so good after it. But just take it at your own pace. I walk around a the block, then maybe walk a couple of times. It's still movement. Put on a song, dance, twerk, shake your butt. No one has to see you. Um, you know, put on a DVD, a little bit of yoga. Do just do anything that allows you to get off the sofa or get off the get out of the bed and just tell yourself with these positive mantras, you can do it, you can do it. Try cold water, try a cold shower for 10 seconds and um, 
go with someone, you know, for a cold swim. See how it feels. Everyone, when I arranged that day for Make Seconds Count on the 10th of October in Gillen, you know, there was people coming that were really nervous that have never tried it, people that hadn't been in ages. And what was I hearing in that water? I need to do this more. Oh, this feels amazing. Oh, I'm hooked. Oh, I can't believe how good this is. I can't believe how powerful this cold water is. I can't believe how peaceful I feel. Yeah, but you can look on and be like, that's crazy. I don't want to do it. And the head tells you all this stuff, but the soul says, oh, this was so good. I'm so glad I did it. Try new things. So yeah, that's really helped me. Cold water, my faith, um, getting out in nature, connecting to nature, being kind to yourself, loads of self-compassion, getting oxytocin in your life. Every single day, being thankful for something so that when your mind is spiraling and you're losing your balance and you're going into those dark places, lift it up with gratitude. What am I thankful for? There's always something there's always something, even if it feels so hard. And I feel myself lift at the end of the day. And I have this routine with my little girl. And we, we have a prayers at bed time. And we, we're always thankful. We're praying what we're thankful for. And then we're praying for other people that may be struggling. So thinking of others helps us to get out of our own heads. Thinking about other people. Because when we're mentally unwell, one thing I've noticed with people close to me and with my own illness is... Being mentally unwell can make us so selfish at times. It can make us so consumed with our own problems in our own mind because when you're unwell, you don't really have capacity to help others. You don't have capacity because you're not thinking straight. You're not the real you, but the real you is in there. And I often say mind versus mojo, you know, the mojo is always in there, but sometimes you just have to wake it up. Even if you think it isn't in there, I promise you the mojo is in there. You just have to wake it up and be kind to yourself. And that mind will sometimes take you away from that, but know that you can always, always find a way back. And I have been feeling really good lately, apart from that nausea, thinking I was pregs, but you know, meds are coming down slowly and gradually. I didn't want to listen to the professionals all the time, but I did. I didn't want to always take my own advice and all the research I've done about all this lifestyle stuff and all this kind of self-love and self-compassion and about faith and remembering and taking time to actually do little things in the day, taking time for prayer, taking time for meditation, taking time to connect with nature. Because when we're out in nature, that's when you feel faith, right? That's when you know that there's more to this life, whatever it is your beliefs are. But that's when you know, you know, you're looking up at the stars and you maybe see a pattern and you're like, right, Yep. You're looking at the moon or a cloud pattern or you see a little white feather drop down or you, you know, you, someone said something or you hear a song or something just comes to mind when you're in nature, right? You're going for a run or a walk or a hill um, walk or a hike or you're in the cold water swimming or dipping and that's when the little downloads come, right? That's when you're connected to higher purpose. That's when you're connected to your faith. That's when I feel like God is speaking to me. I'm like, all right. And music. Music is always part of my life. Singing through the storms and not taking yourself too seriously. There's a part of me and a part of you that can take ourselves too seriously, right? And it's because we can be intense people. We can feel deeply, right? And anxiety makes us take ourselves too seriously. Depression makes ourselves take us take ourselves too seriously. 
And what we want to do is have fun. And sometimes we just need to dive into something that's going to give us fun, like jumping down a slide with the kids, jumping in the cold water, putting the tunes on and twerking that butt. Whoa, I'm giving it a good twerk now. And feeling fun, like joking, like something I love to do is... um do a little reel with Bonnie and just act, like do plays. Like this is nothing new. When I was a kid, me and my friend Chico would do plays. She's going to come on the podcast soon. We'll talk about that. Um, and we would just do the funniest plays and we still do them when we see each other. And we're in stitches, right? I'll share this. So <laughs> this is funny. Um, so I do plays a lot with my kids. Another night we were all creasing ourselves. So I tell these funny stories in bed uh, and then Sometimes we do plays. Another night, someone came to the door, a sales guy, and he was really quite pushy. And I was like, he was like, it's now a good time. And I was like, well, not really. I'm kind of cooking and it's not. And he went, well, I'm just going to tell you this anyway. And I'm standing there going, looking, I'm going, but I've just told you it's a nice time. And why are you being like this? And Hubs comes down and he basically is just like, she told you it's not a good time and basically closes the door. But it was the way he did it. And, um, the kids and I were laughing. I was like, honestly, kids, I was mortified. He just came down and he was just so, and I, I just wanted to have like, I admire his um, boundaries. Like his boundaries are solid. He's just like, no, I've told you it's not a good time. No. Uh, and sometimes my boundaries can be a little bit people pleaser. Not always, but sometimes. And I was just, yeah, was, my boundaries weren't right there. And uh, he was just so confident in his approach. He's like, come on, mate. She's just told you like, happy just to close the door and just tell it how it is and we we sort of made a play about it we were just having fun and I was like right you be the guy and I'll be dad and and Charlie be me and we were all changing the character and like closing the door and like doing funny voices and it was just utter like comedy you had to be there but we're creasing ourselves. and I was like that's what life should be like right there's a part of life that we just want to have fun and crease ourselves and not take ourselves too seriously so that has been a big part, like doing little plays, doing silly things, singing, um, and then, you know, joking about, dancing, twerking, just doing silly, silly things, staying young, um, not kind of, um, you know, take it that serious adult side where, you know, your kids want to go out and jump in the puddles and all that. Sometimes you just need to join them, right? Um, we're still a kid, right? And you'll have heard perhaps of inner child work and there's so many techniques and I could talk to you about all the techniques you could use. I could literally be here all day talking about recovery and mental health and anxiety and depression or mania or whatever it is that you've experienced. But I just want you to know that you are worth recovery. You should feel no stigma about talking about it. You should be able to write down your feelings. That really helped me. And I found at the start of my recovery and even till like maybe a few months ago, actually, I didn't have that kind of, I'd take more things personally, whereas the real me would normally just let things wash over me. Because when you're happy, you don't really, you know, that inner child, it's like, whatever, whatever, you know, like when a kid can fall out and they make up straight away. But when we're growing up, we're conditioned to like take things personally and like strop and all this stuff. And like, I noticed in recovery, I was like, that mojo, that part of me that just things bounce off, words bounce off, wasn't there as much. And I would notice that if someone would say something out of line, you know, these people that just test you a little bit, uh, 
and it's just it's not nothing personal you know it's their own stuff but i would be like why am i why am i biting why am i biting i don't like this but it was just recovery right it's like i'm not i'm recovering i'm building myself back up you're building yourself back up and even if you've not been on meds you're building yourself out of this pandemic so we've all had a bit of trauma so yeah these things have really, really helped me and um, I'll continue to talk about them because we need reminders as I drink my water. I'd forgotten that one. So this has been useful for me. Um, and, you know, get in that cold water, keep moving and listen to your body as well. Because when you're taking time to journal and be mindful and stuff, you can tune into your body, right? So for me, it was like, I felt this kind of, uh, like all these bugs going around and I just felt a bit uh, run down. So I've not ran for over a week. Um, I'm just taking it at a slow pace. I, I've just been walking instead, um, going up the hill and just going for walks. You know, you just feel a bit, uh, and there's so many viruses going around, not just COVID. And we're just trying to get our immune systems back. So go easy on yourself. Go easy. You don't have to go signing up for marathons and, you know, and this is it as well, actually. It's like your recovery and whatever you want to do with your meds, and that's personal to you. If you want to try and come off, that is your choice, but you need support. But for me, it, it was reminding myself, it is a marathon, not a sprint. You know, this has been almost two years for me of doing the work to get myself healthy again. And sometimes I feel afraid and I'm like, how did that happen? Will it happen again? Is it just my genetics? But actually, no, because I do know that there's a lot of lifestyle things that I can really do to put me um, in really good stead, in really good stead. And just, yeah. Sometimes in life, things happen and they change us and we don't always know the answers. But these fundamentals of having the faith, of having the positive mantras, of getting out in nature, moving the body, using music, laughing, not taking yourself too seriously, practicing gratitude, getting lots of oxytocin. If I'm doing all of that stuff, I'm going to put myself in a good chance. And my psychiatrist is saying to me, your, your recovery has gone amazingly, like amazingly well, trust me. And she said, I think it's because you're doing all this stuff. So I'm going to take that, right? And we're going to keep trying. And when I have bad days, I'm going to pick myself back up and do what that little stone that's still beside my bed says and stand freaking tall, right? So you stand tall too and know you're not alone. Know we can get through this. Sometimes it takes a bit work. Sometimes it will feel really, really, really hard. And that's okay. That's okay. But keep talking. Keep turning on the music, keep laughing um, and be kind to yourself. All my love to you. And I'm just going to say a quick prayer to end this because I hope that whoever's listening um, gets something from this. So my prayer is that God, anyone listening right now who struggled with their mental health would be um, healed, would have a, a sense of love and calm and would know how amazing they are um, and whatever they need to hear. I just ask that this podcast would do some good. I really ask that one thing I've said would stick and 
yeah, I just really ask for peace and I ask for less stigma when it comes to talking about mental health. I ask that we could easily just come out and talk about an antidepressant or a mood stabilizer, an antipsychotic, a sleeping tablet, whatever, a sedative. I ask that it would just be normal conversation and that whoever's listening would feel they could talk about this stuff or perhaps share with someone that they might think needs to hear it. Amen. Mwah. Right guys, now, one of the songs my wee boy, he was chatting the other day and he was like, right, I love reggae. I love reggae. Because uh, they were obviously teaching, they were teaching it in school. And I said, reggae, was it uh, Bob Marley you're listening to? He's like, yeah. I was like, is it, was it Don't Worry? He's like, yeah. How did you know? I was like, I just had a feeling. Don't worry about a thing. Because every little thing is going to be all right. So that's one of your mantras. Uh, don't worry about a thing. And... Don't worry about a thing. Bob Marley, Three Little Birds. And I'm just going to pop on. Oh my goodness, this song really gets to me. Um, I took Bonnie to the cinema the other night. It was Tuesday and I thought, Do you know what? Why not we just go to uh, a cinema on a Tuesday? And we went to see uh, Dear Evan Hansen, the movie. And... Obviously, knowing me and my feelings about mental health, I was so in for taking Bonnie and she loved it. I was really pleased because she's, you know, it's a 12, so she's a couple of years away from that, but she absolutely loved it. And the soundtrack was amazing. So for your playlist, Bob Marley, but also um, if you go to You Will Be Found from Dear Evan Hansen, go and see the movie. It's amazing. Um, Sam Smith does a cover. I don't know if you know, but I love Sam Smith and actually part of my recovery was listening to his voice in the hot tub looking up at the stars and just being like it's all going to be okay and um, so when I heard that he was covering one of the songs um, so you will be found and I will let you hear the uh, chorus um, and add this to your playlist right you will be found Sam Smith and Summer Walker Go and see the film, Dear Evan Hansen, and you'll cry your eyes out. Oh, so good. Oh, gets me going. It's I think it's so important for kids to see movies like this now as well, and I hope we'll make lots more of them. Right, here's the chorus. Even in the dark, searching through to carry you when you're broken on the ground. You will be found go and blast that guys Sam Smith you will be found it's absolutely freaking stunning right all my love mm -hmm. see you next week